you want to tune out to our guests' favorite music, check out the curate playlist for each episode. Click the link in each episode's description or check out our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Tune Out. I am your host, Max Matez. Today I am joined by a very awesome person, my first friends from college, Anel Cordero, who is calling in from Pottstown, PA. Anel sent me a list of about 20 top artists, but we are narrowed down her top five from that list to be The Weeknd, The Smiths, Slipknot, Gorillaz, and Fallout Boy. Anel, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Say hi to everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Max. I'm so happy to be here. How are you today? I'm very good. Hydrated, in my lane, uh, gatekeeping, girl bossing, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. Did you listen to anything new today? No, actually, I did not listen to any music today. I listened to some meditation mix this morning, and that was about it. Nothing too good. (laughs) You typically listen to anything new uh, during your weeks, or do you try to stick mostly to your top 20 list or like top five list? It swings in between uh, my Spotify Discover Weekly, which can usually have a toss-up of something new versus something new to me. And then I just have two playlists that I kind of fish out of. One is just my liked list. I find that that one's pretty handy because it just is what I'm into for the month, most likely. And then my favorites, which is just everything that I've always loved. So everything from my top five plus stuff that doesn't really belong, but just has a place in my heart. That's the best part about discovering new music, though. And I'm the worst even with this show because you are probably being the fifth guest. And I think the third person to bring this up, I still have never used the Discover Weekly on Spotify. I just do like new music Friday, but everybody keeps telling me that if I really want to start finding like new, new music, like that's where I need to go. Yeah. I've never done it before. I don't know why. It's literally the only reason I subscribed to Spotify was because of the Discover Weekly, just because I really, one, don't like ads. And two, I just liked that feature because it's plays off of like your playlists already. Like it plays off of what you have saved. It plays off of what you've been listening to. The algorithm's pretty lit. What got you into the Smiths? <laughs> um, teenage angst. Yeah, I would definitely start there. Morrissey was actually my first introduction. I was listening to Morrissey more. Um, my friend, my best friend, Raina, when we were kids, they introduced me to Morrissey. And then uh, one of my favorite wrestlers at the time also said that they liked Morrissey. And then they were like, but I really like the Smiths more. And then because of that wrestler, Wade Barrett um, or Stu Bennett, whoever, he just like kind of engaged my like for them even more. I also liked being very counterculture. I was like, oh, somebody that somebody doesn't really know around here. Very cool. I was definitely a pick me ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I really just liked being sad. And I don't know, something really stuck with me. I think it was definitely the boy with the thorn in his side, obviously, was a good place to start. It's just so light and airy. And Moz's just vocals are just so silly, but close to heart. Like, you could just feel that, like, there's just some pain in there. And for some 16, 17-year-old kid who's just never heard anything so melodic and so sad, but so fun, this just was like a fucking awakening for me. (laughs) Do you think that there's a difference between Morrissey on his own and Morrissey with the Smiths? Oh my God, yeah. How dare you just completely eliminate the fact that Johnny Marr exists? Johnny Marr is 
pretty much the Smiths, um, and Morrissey was just like the drama of the Smiths. I would just like to point out that in this list of top 20 that you have, uh, Johnny Marr's not included he's not, on this top he's 20. Not. So I'm just referring to the list that I've been Because <laughs> I think, here. yeah, Morrissey is on the, on the list, but Johnny Marr, yeah. I got Morrissey coming in at number 17 here, but... It's, it's, <laughs> I just don't like um a lot of his solo stuff is just a little too psychedelic for me. It's just a lot of psychedelic rock. Like um I'm thinking of his recent one, I think it was like Calling the Comet or something with the Comet. It's just very um psych rock. And it's a lot for driving, a lot for it just wasn't my everyday kind of vibe. Maz just brings that Morrissey just brings that sadness and he's and his lyrics are very good. Even they're just so pretentious. He's very pretentious and I was and still am a very pretentious soul. <laughs> For as cool as I try to be. For as cool as I try to be, I'm very uppity. <laughs> uppity is good, though. At least I'm aware about it. Last episode, we it. talked about yippity yippity. And this episode, <laughs> we're talking about uppity. Uppity uppity. So, uppity. We're hitting, we're hitting all the E's. What would you consider is more of your like everyday track if it's not really like the Smiths or Morrissey or Johnny Marr? See, that changes all the time. And I would always have to like refer to my like liked playlist because I go through these moments where I can go with a bunch of new stuff. I can go with a bunch of the same stuff. I can go with a bunch of old stuff. So right now I've been listening to uh, Snitches and Talkers Get Stitches and Walkers by Fall Out Boy. It's a bonus track off of uh, from under the cork tree deluxe and it's just a really hardcore grinding song about just being like how he doesn't even like himself so <laughs> it's not like i really feel that way it's just a freaking pumping track that gets caught in my head and i was explaining to josh my partner of like how i used to just play that song over and over and over again and coming down from seeing them three weeks ago at hella mega it's just one that stuck with me and so i would say it really just depends. Some mornings I'm into the yoga meditation playlist that Spotify offers. Some days it's, I want to punch someone. I don't know. <laughs> it just depends. Recently this year, I can't remember what album it is, but um, from now on, We Are Enemies is the the Fallout Boy song that I discovered and like that wasn't on like, I think any of the regular albums that has just been yeah, my usual got me on, on that one. <laughs> typing for it. Like, <laughs> I was like, which one's it? On Believers Never Die on The Greatest Hits. I think it's a bonus track. Oh, uh, yes. I think it, it's very, was it Fully, fully Do? Fully Do. The, the album with I Don't Care. I, it's very much kind okay. of like that sound of their musical era. So later. Yeah, a little bit, like still early-ish, but in the, I would call it in the in-between. I guess that is the in-between. I like to say later because I feel like, I mean, I was there for like, I wasn't there, but like I remember evening out with your girlfriend, which right. was like I think two thousand one or some shit like that. So like, and then take this to your grave, two thousand three, and then I just remember when they all come out. So, and then Folia Do was like their swan song, and I was like, oh, that's like their later stuff, and it's not. That's I guess that is their mid tier or their mid career stuff because they have. Wow. My other question I had for you here, which I was very excited to talk about, do you have a preference between old? fallout boy and what i would consider new fallout boy fuck yeah um yeah absolutely i think anything past fully ado is just really new poppy i just it didn't hit as hard for me and i think it was really playing to the audience that they knew that they kept which is just like a very multiple 13 year old audience that they could keep that alt sound but add some more punk and fun and producer elements i think that they've become more producers rather than musicians 
seeing them live kind of took me back a little bit because I was like, all right, you guys still got it. But they weren't like pulling out the stops. Like they sang Saturday as the closer and Pete Wentz was running around singing and screaming the end. Oh yeah. I was like losing my freaking mind and he's screaming and I was like freaking out in the moment, but then taking the video of it because I was like, I need to hear this later on and show it to Josh. And Josh watches those. I mean, he goes, he looks pretty bored. What? And as I'm watching him walk around, like screaming along with Saturday, I'm like, he does look pretty bored. Green Day was on right after them. Those dudes are what freaking 79 years old and they were like might as they were short of like cutting themselves on the stage. They were killing it. Oh my god, I'd never seen anybody rock as hard as Green Day. Even Weezer had more energy and that's a dad rock band. So I definitely would say Old Fall Out Boy just had some more convic- conviction, more grit, more s- just spunk and hate. He once really had that lyricism down where he just like hated people. (laughs) I just remember listening to the, when we first discovered them, late elementary school, like middle school era. And, you know, that kind of music and all those songs like stuck so long. And then all the new stuff, like I can't hear them play this live. I just kind of got lost in exactly what you said, like the production of it all. And it's just... I don't. Did they perform a lot of the new stuff at Hello Mega? I was just going to say they performed... Uh, save rock and roll. I don't even have Elton John there to do it. Like, that was what, my why, problem. Why I was like, it? are they just going to cut him in and like the track, which was weird, which no, Patrick just sang a la Elton John. So he just dropped his voice and made it a little more nasally, which was weird. And it was cool to see, like their set was cool. They set the piano on fire, but it was very fucking boring. Like that song is so boring. And I just didn't care. It was definitely a good time to take pictures. People were taking out their phones and waving them along. And it was it was that kind of song. But it wasn't. And what else did they play? I really focused more on the old stuff. I, like, I, would, I would have been like for Swan Song, why not do What a Catch Donnie? What a Catch Donnie would have sent me to the moon and back. Because when they played, like when they released that song, I cried so much because I knew that was the end of them. So like if they would have played that live, I'd have been like, Ah, like it's happening. It's here. They're doing it and they're still together. But they did play my most favorite song in the world, A Little Less Sixteen Candles, A Little More Touch Me. That Good is literally, choice. it is documented in my fifth grade yearbook that that is my favorite song of 2005. And they did that and I couldn't feel my face for the rest of the day. So I I screamed, I yelled. So fall, I mean, that was a great show. And I have been listening to From Under the Cork Tree, I think at least once a week since then so yeah i would say old follow-up boy hands fucking down i'll definitely have to make sure to include 16 candles in your playlist uh for the podcast for sure i remember absolutely i I remember seeing them in in camden for the what was it called the summer whatever the summer tour was when they were when they were doing it with wiz khalifa and i think they did i think they opened with like phoenix or whatever from like one of the newer ones and maybe did like just one yesterday or my songs know what you did in the dark and that that was it which was like i was very thankful for that but i would say exactly what you know josh said when he saw it they even in that sense it's just like they didn't from the videos that i saw when we were younger and because that was the first time i had seen them live it definitely was just it was very different and not the a fallout boy vocals and instrumentals definitely there but the performance wise a lot of just standing still and everything was happening behind them and agreed it agreed wasn't as exciting as i was hoping i mean patrick be. patrick was actually putting on a lot of a show which was something i noticed or we me and my friend noticed that we don't think we would have gotten in early fallout boy days i mean he had this sense of air of confidence and air of swagger that he's dancing along with his own music he's really feeling himself so that was really cool 
However, yeah, I mean, you couldn't really, I mean, Andy was going hard, but that dude always like looks like he bleeds drums, but like everybody else just like seemed, we're here and we're Fall Out Boy and you're going to pay us for it, that kind of thing, which is kind of cemented the way I felt about them when they um, released um, American Beauty, American Psycho and like all of those Save Rock. And Hell Omega was the most recent concert that you saw? Yes. 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 I went and I saw them in Hershey on August 20th, 17th, 17th, I think. Nice. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, I was really surprised with how much, A, how much of Weezer's music that I knew, and B, how much, like, how good they were. They were really, really good. Really pulled on an amazing show, pulled it out, had little beach balls going off in the crowd when they play Island in the Sun. Very cute, very on point. I mean, I was there for Fall Out Boy. Their sets were neat. But Green Day, Jesus Christ. If I was able to have gotten tickets for Hell Omega, I definitely would have been there for Green Day. Yeah. That was definitely my phase that I don't talk about from middle school. Like I had a Green Day. <laughs> was it the American Idiot phase? I mean? Oh my God, yes. I had a friend in middle school who just like, I went from, you know, I still am, went from like Disney pop kid to like night and day. Like I had a Green Day calendar and I would wear t-shirts and I went to like the, tried to go to the alt concerts and whatever. And it just completely like switched on me. And that would have, yeah, I think it was, it definitely was the American idiot time. I saw them a few years ago. And that was I probably equivalent to Hell Omega. They put on an incredible show. It was unreal. They played Holiday, which is my freaking shit. Like, and, and I have never screamed at like the top of my lungs lyrics verbatim so hard before. It's just that it was just the satisfaction of just like I've sung this song for like eleven years, and now I get to say it directly to you for eleven years. We're old. It's been more than Probably that, hasn't it, homie? For, for America, we're old shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 15 years. Uh, I, <laughs> did they do Jesus of Suburbia? Yes, they did. They did Jesus of Suburbia. They did. I didn't expect them to do it, but um, they did pretty much everything that you'd expect them to do. Oh, what they really did, though, was that they got a... Apparently, they always ask somebody if they want to play along with them. They got this little kid to come up. And this kid was 11 or 12, and he freaking came along, and he gave him the fucking guitar. And that is main character energy right there. If that kid doesn't go on and do something with his life... Respect that kid for knowing, but I've been a fan longer. I don't care if I can play the guitar well or not. Whenever my mom and I go to like baseball games, they always put her hand out and they always toss the ball to the kids. And my mom will look at me and be like, I've been a fan so many more years than that kid. I deserve that baseball so much more. (laughs) (laughs) I hate being jealous of little kids, but come on. Like they really will not remember this tomorrow. Like you could give them a dollar and they'll give you that ball. Give it to me. I'll actually care. This means something to me. (laughs) It is cool to see the talent though when they get up. I mean, yeah. kid, I mean that kid's gonna fucking care. There's no the way music, that that kid's the music, not gonna care. Uh, the, I would think the the concert experience would be a little different than the game, especially with like getting a guitar from them. Like that's yeah. that's pretty crazy. Who else on your uh, your your twenty list did you get to see live? Let's see. I have seen not that many people yet. A lot of people. I've seen a lot of like old people. I've seen people that nobody wants to see. Like I've seen Morrissey twice or, or three times or something like that. But 
I've seen Childish Gambino. Did you see him when he was at Drexel? Or no, was, was that I didn't even. I didn't there? listen to him when he went to Drexel. That's the freaking no. thing that I kick myself in the ass for. Our freshman year when he yes when he was there and he did you listen? Yes. Did I talk about that on the first episode when he pulled the table up and started answering questions? No, if you did, I yeah. blacked out. I can't remember if uh, I can't remember if I brought this up and if I'm repeating myself. Sorry to the listeners, but we were there earlier and he brought out a folding table, laid it down in front of the um, the DAC and just stood on top of it and put in his hands, I will answer any questions about music and my career right now. And we just stood there, my younger brother and I, and we just like 20 people just talking to him. I would die. Yeah. My best friend would have died. She like wants to have his children, Aaliyah. You would have had his so children. You saw, did you see him recently? Before I saw he him. Retired or? No, before he retired. So I saw him on the retirement tour. So I saw him in Philly at Wells Fargo in what was that, 2018, 2019, something like that. That was a really cool show. That was really neat. And he had released Algorithm and he played that along, which nobody knew <laughs> what the song was. And, but everybody was like, this is a really cool song. It was really visually beautiful. I remember that. He didn't do sweatpants, but he did. Um, Freaks and Geeks. No, switch, switch that around. He didn't do Freaks and Geeks. He did Sweatpants. So he was really neat to see. Um, but I've also seen Apocalyptica, which is my 19, and I've seen them about three times as well. So yeah, I, that's why it was so hard for me to like go by artist because I go through music moods. Like I can tell you like, yeah, The weekend's my top artist because for four years straight, all I've ever wanted to do was bags of blow and fuck models, but I can't do that. So I'll just listen to The weekend. And The Gorillas will always be on my top five just because I don't think they've ever released a bad album ever. I like their most recent one that they released. Like what was it earlier last year or... Yeah. The Song Machine, that had me by the throat for the whole year. Aries, because that had Peter Hook from New Order in it. And that song, I think, played on my... That played like every day for about two months. I listened to that song. I've never... That was the first album, and mainly because of the show, that I started listening to them. When we were younger, go and watch just like the music videos and the and just remembering how cool it was seeing a digital band. And that wasn't until we would get older, at least because I wasn't a fan, that I actually understood what that was that they were doing. Yeah, no, I remember watching the music video for dare um when it was out on tv and just being enamored with how ridiculous it was with how this little tiny cutesy adorable cartoon was just dancing around this giant head that was just ugly and all like hooked up to shit and that has never left my mind that is a that is a video that lives in my head rent free it is just so creepy so cool so fun that she just has behind this wall this giant head that she just freaking dances with and from then on i was like yeah i really like this band i mean melancholy hill my mom loves singing that song just because she likes the little beep boop beep boop boop beep it's just so cute like their music just translates so even like if you don't stay with them forever you're always going to circle back to them because they always put out bangers do you usually play the music that you're listening to with your parents and are they into it equally as you just because you were saying that your mom was into the gorillas if i played that in my house my mom would be like um can we put something a little nicer on maybe (laughs) like so definitely there was a clash, especially as a teenager, um, with my mother and my music. Like my mom would straight up call the Smiths boring to my face. She'd be like, this is a very boring band. But this is coming from a woman who listens to music, as my partner describes, is pure chaos. Pure chaos. 
Willie Colon. Yeah, I mean, Willie Colon, Hector Lavo, um, all the salsa stuff is just like, especially from the 70s, it's just like, so that's what my mom's used to. It's just like really the trumpets. There's one song that I really listen to that they just have a whistle just blowing full blast. It sends Josh into like a fight or flight every time I play it. It's like that just song just makes me nervous. I'm like, why? It's a happy song. Everybody's happy. He's like, but the whistle. So, yeah, I mean, it started out more like me trying to piss my mom off. And then I realized <laughs> to, to be respected in my home, you have to play things that everybody likes. So I started with softer things like better songs by the Smiths so that she could stand. Gorillas was a nice, easy rock into. My dad was always down with everything that didn't scream. So that was like the hard limit. As long as it doesn't scream at me, that's that's music. Once it starts screaming, that's not music. That's screaming. I was going to say, he's not, it slept not, not really. Uh, oh, in no. That, they in that let me play right it more as a joke now. Like, I put it on and I'm like, hey, guys, you want to hear this really cool song? And then it's just people equal shit. And they're like, oh, no, please. Like, because they can't tell me anything anymore. <laughs> but yeah, if I were to try that as a kid, like, get that shit off the fucking thing. Like, that's just screaming. And it's like, okay, sorry. No, my dad, my dad likes the Smiths. My dad also is like the reason, the reason he's like that is because he always liked, you know, shoegazing, pop music. He's Chicago. He likes, you know, all the Doobie Brothers, like the chill kind of 70s shit. So he was always to be down with anything that has a good beat. My mom just kind of needs some coaxing into some good music. I feel like we all go through that phase with our parents. Justin and I went through that. My brother and I, we went through that with rap sometimes. And we both went through two very different directions on what type of rap that we liked listening to and playing. And it was like the one that was just not really played in the house, mainly just because of the cursing. Because that was like a big thing for my mom. Everything everything was clean versions. That too. And something that we would all like to listen so to. exactly. <laughs> I remember, I think it was my 18th birthday. I don't know why. I wasn't really like in a bad mood. I think I was going through like guitar solo phases and I woke up playing uh, Stairway to Heaven and it was the first song. And I was like, I would wake up for school and I'd play music and I played Stairway to Heaven and my mom came to my door and she's like, happy birthday. And I'm like, thank you. And she's like, are you okay? That would have been the fucking first thing I would have asked you. I'm like, dude, you're 18 now. Um, I was like, yeah, like this is, I just really was in the mood to listen. She's like, okay, it's just sounds really depressing for your birthday. <laughs> I was okay. I think I just really wanted to listen to the middle part. You just wanted to hear that, that was song. was that with that. So, And what really my mom loves more, and I think the reason she's more willing to appreciate it is because I started like missing her music. So I started listening to her music more and her seeing me make the effort. She's like, well, I can't really tell you what to listen to anymore when I'm in the car. So yeah. So she's more willing to listen to what I listen to now. She's kind of like the biggest reason as to why like music is so big to me, both of my parents, but like every day there's always music playing. I mean, my mom freaking cleaned to music very loudly every Saturday and Sunday morning. So it's, it's just kind of like in my bones. (laughs) Was it always the same type of music that she was playing? Yes. (laughs) It was the same four albums. Like it was like, it would always be a mix of Ismael Miranda, um, Hector Labo, Willy Colon, Ruben Blades, El Gran Combo, 
and they always had like their greatest hit CDs. So, and we at one point had like a, a five track player. So we would just toss the CDs in and just let the motherfuckers go. <laughs> so it was like the original, it would go for hours. And then my dad would be like, can we listen to some seventies hits? So you get some Motown, you get Earth, Wind and Fire, you get the Commodores, all that kind of good stuff. I, I, my parents got to be in New York at a very, good time for music and i'm very jealous of them every day with both of their yet somewhat different types of style of music that they were into they kind of like were the same in some way like i can see like you know the similarities i certainly haven't listened to a lot of it but like you know into maybe like maybe more of a mellow like salsa sound and you know like an earth wind and fire or like motowns with like especially with like the horns and stuff i i like that you know in the story of you know how you grew up with music that there was still even if there were different types of artists coming from different areas of the world that there was still a commonality of like what type of music it was that was playing in your house pretty much as long as it had a good groove some nice funky soul to it even if it wasn't like soul or anything like that as long as it's nice funky you can dance to it you can sing along to it you can pretty much predict like my family has a really good knack of predicting how the song is gonna go if you can just sing along with it it played in our house then that's why i started liking like math core and things like that i'm like i want to know what's next (laughs) when it comes to these songs do you find yourself from the situations being you know i I don't want to say analyzing the music that you're listening to but do you when you're looking at albums from bands that you know or in your discover weekly do you have an anticipation of where you're expecting an artist to take the song that you're listening to that you know might sway your enjoyment of it sometimes yes and it pisses josh off all the time (laughs) (laughs) it pisses him off because I, i count uh, my beats per measure. Um, it's just like a, a, a tick that I have. I count every one, two, three, four, one. I'll stop with the rest, count right as the beat comes back on, just to bother Josh, just to bother. <laughs> it's just, I can't help it. Um, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD, and I feel like it's just another way for me to really feel the music. So yeah, I really do like being able to have this relationship where I can count what's going on. I can kind of sort of predict where it's going to happen because it just has that right hit to it. Like I just recently liked this one house EDM song that had a really cool intro. And once the beat dropped, it was the lamest drop of my life. Oh, that'll do it. And I just, it sucks. It sucks. So like, yeah, once something doesn't even like count right, it's like, I don't, I don't want to listen to this anymore. So I was going to pick your brain about a memory, the amount of basement shows we went to in Philadelphia. We went to a lot of stinky yep. basement shows. I went to a house show about three months ago and it felt just like that. It was so really? weird. Yeah. I mean, these kids were kids. Like they're all about like 22 to 25. I met the girl at like Ulta. I asked her what palette she was using and she's like, do you want to come to a house show? I was like, sure. And that's how it's done. So I went to this house show, Franzi on deck, shit wine, shit beer, and tap water. And I was like, yeah, this is just like high school or or college. This is just like college. And I miss those. I honestly sometimes get really sad that none of them made it because <laughs> I'm like, damn, how much I would have loved to see Mike Pacey uh, play. But no, I, I feel really bad right now, but I don't even remember Griffin's band's name. Risky Biscuit. Risky Biscuit. That's what it was. 
And when I say Griffin's band, I really just think of literally everybody but Griffin, but he's the front man and very loud. So I was going to say that it was like, it was Risky Biscuit until it wasn't <laughs> because then I think he just went on and did his own thing like very shortly after. He just stopped. He yeah. just stopped. Will motherfucking Shay was in that group. Fucking Dan Cypher was in that band, wasn't he? It was pretty much everybody that was in Mike Pace Heat and it, Sean was in the group. Sean was in it and fucking fuck. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> I think Martin was in it briefly too. Jody was there. And then he left. Yep. They were all, they like grew. Like I remember the first year they like everybody joined. I completely forgot that Sean was in it because it was, that's how fast it was. Oh my God. Hi, Sean. (laughs) We were all obsessed with it. And then it just went And then it died. I do miss those shows though. I remember. I do. I really do. I mean, it had just that sense of adventure. Ugh, go. I just remember like when we would be there and you would have you know, these guys come on that we would know, but like then like three other bands that just like were from Philadelphia that would just come along and the aspect of standing there in that like tiny ass basement in Philadelphia while then they would switch groups and like we would all just stand and like wait for the next person to come on and rubbing shoulders <laughs> and just sip on your really warm beer that was half foam from the keg because nobody knew what they were doing. Ugh. I would always say like you would always know when they were switching groups because the living room would suddenly become just as crowded as the basement because everybody would have to like come out so they could switch. I've always wanted to try and find some in LA, but it's more, and I think maybe it's just even because we're older, but you know, I feel like there's a lot more just like smaller venues here than there were in Philadelphia that a lot of local bands take advantage of here that I've gotten to see than going to like somebody's like apartment that they're paying $3,900 for. A lot of things is also, it's just like word of mouth. And I feel like out there there's a lot of pretension of like selective like who who do we want to come see our show like who do we want yeah i don't know i definitely wouldn't be one of the people invited to go see one of them shows but i always try to (laughs) they're an experience like they're like a life of their own really house shows like going showing up to somebody's house where the floor is sticky they don't have toilet paper but they have plenty of beer you can fall down the stairs right away and have a concussion um somebody definitely fell down the stairs before you they're okay though and then you just stand there for an hour and a half waiting for your first band to come on and you're just shoulder to shoulder sweaty with somebody else next to you like hey don't i know you from our econ class oh my god yeah and then you (laughs) and then you come on scream your band's really crappy songs that you've heard on like soundcloud once or were burned on a cd and then you go home and your ears hurt and Man, I miss it. I used to love how many groups would be there. We would go for one and there would be like eight six, people performing. Like yeah. six people? Like, I'd be like, all right, yeah, we're good to go home, right? And people are like, oh no, we want to see uh, the balloon punchers later. Like, who the fuck are the balloon punchers? Like, <laughs> the balloon I don't know. punchers? It, I don't know. I just made it up, but it sounded like a real thing, didn't it? That's a great name. It's my new fucking band. There was definitely a certain group of people that I would remember seeing at these shows and you were definitely one of them. Yeah, it's because I was like weirdly part of like three cliques. Like I was like in the film major clique, the the the, the screenwriter clique and then like the theater kid clique because all of us were listed in the same shit at Myers and then we just kept talking. And then whoever was in like any of those that were in a group together. Yeah, and then we all just kind of like swapped friends every now and again. <laughs> yep. Um I had a question for you to circle back to uh before the nostalgia when you talked about your moods 
and like the moods affecting like the type of music like you're listening to. Is there like a genre that you're usually like coasting with with certain moods or is it usually just kind of like could go really anywhere with however you're feeling? It depends. A lot of times when I'm driving, driving is a big thing for me. I really love to drive. My my 91 Miata is my pride and joy. So that always goes for like an indie drive. Sometimes I'll put on um, just really intense things to drive through so I can speed up and down 422. So all I can really think of is like off the top of my head right now, um, there's a band called Kerangbin. I always say it wrong or it's either Kringbin or Kerangbin. It's K-H-R-U and that's too much for me. I say a lot of words in my head and don't say them out loud. So please don't come for me. They have this really cool stoner psychedelic funk vibe that they are just so good to drive to. They just released a song or not just released, but they had to put out this song called Pretty Boys with Paul McCartney. And that is the perfect driving song. Five, six o'clock, get yourself on freaking 422, 724 and just look at the forest and just drive through. And it is just so chill. Then I come home, going to go make dinner for Josh and I'll put on Slipknot (laughs) because I'm ready to just like, all right, now it's time to make some chicken or like, you know, I'm ready to like get really hype. And I just like things to sing along to and just like belt my chest out to. Some mornings I'll like wake up and I'm like, today it's a really good salsa day. And I'll just get into the shower and it's Hector Lavo, Hector Lavo, Ruben Blades, all these bangers over and over again. And the songs are about sad or hard subject matter, but it's like, so it's like, the mood is there. So like, even if it's like, oh, today's going to be hard, I can put on salsa and it's going to be like, the song is about a hard moment, but it's still going to keep me going through the day. So it really is just like, what artist am I really reaching out for more than like, or what vibe am I reaching out for than like, oh, what mood am I in today? That makes sense. That seems pretty universal to, I feel like a lot of, you know, when people yeah, are so I'm not unique at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still are. Going after that, you know, with trying to find concerts that you want to go to and, you know, we've been talking about seeing underground shows and, you know, how awesome it was seeing Hell Omega and the other performers that you've seen. When you're talking about your, your top 20 list and we were going through it and saying that, you know, it's sometimes just pick and choose of like certain songs. How do you, do you find yourself trying to pick somebody from there who you would like to see live or does your interest of seeing a live performance differ from the music that you're listening to regularly? It really boils down to how much of your music that I know enough to go pay for it and who I, I really would like to see. A lot of the people that are on my top 20, I mean like Led Zeppelin's on there. There's no fucking chance in hell I'm going to see Led Zeppelin. Um, but I've seen Get the Let Out and they're pretty cool, but I wouldn't have paid for it. I got to go see them for free. Um, yeah. So like I've paid to go see Apocalyptica because they've always, they always come to Philly. They make it a point to come to Philly and they put on a hella good show. And I know three of their albums back to front without a problem. I'm going to go see the weekend next year. And that's somebody that I like would have paid an arm and a leg if I had the money for it. I was, I was so ready to pay $700 if I had it. I'm going to be in the nosebleeds and I'm still fucking excited to go see him just solely for the fact that I know a bunch of his music. I am looking forward to screaming it out loud and I know he's going to put on a really, really good show. So those are like the factors that really put it in. It's like, are they going to be worth it? Do they have enough energy for me? Is it going to be worth my money, really? And how much do I really know you? Like, I've never seen the point of going to go see a band that I really don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever been 
asked to go see a group that I don't know or that I have gone and been like, oh, there's just this show here that I'll just go and see and pay the money for. Yeah, no that just way. Really random. <laughs> well, it's time for the quiz. <laughs> you should add game show music to this. There is when you listen there to is? the- Fuck! <laughs> I thought you listened to this I show. I do, but I listen to it while I work and there is game show music. And I've, but I imagine more like family feud game show style. Oh, okay. There's, there's like little yeah. That's more of what I feel. There's background yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. As we're speaking right now, the yeah, background that's music different. is playing. It's playing right now. Oh, it's game music. I can't it's hear happening. it. I can't hear it. No, no, no. Oh, it's, when the okay. show is happening, it's going to be playing. So we're talking right now, and I'm not going to cut we'll, this we'll out. We'll leave it in that I'm saying gonna, I can't hear it. I, hear I it. love yeah. that. I want um, everybody to know that I can't hear it. Are you ready and done putting this off? As as much as I'll ever be. All right. Yes. Let's do it. I'm stalling. Question, <laughs> question one. What was the name of the first song The Weeknd released on YouTube in 2009? No, don't do this to me. I don't know. I don't know. I fell in love with The Weeknd when he put out Starboy and then I worked yep. my way backwards. So, so I'll be song, the first to admit it. The song is called Do It. It's actually really good. I listened to it the other night when I picked these questions and you should definitely check it out because it's definitely cool to see where he started. Yes. But the song is called Do It. Sorry, Abel. No, you don't have to apologize. No, I'm sorry to Abel oh, and well. all the XO fam. See, I was going to throw his like real name, but I thought that would be too easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Everybody knows that. I can't say his last name, so everybody would have laughed at me. Yeah, so we're not, not going to try that. <laughs> Question two. In what state did the band Fall Out Boy form? Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody always gets scared. And then there's always something that's in there that you're just like, oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah. It's how they found a bunch of people, too. They found the Academy is that way because the Academy is came out from Chicago, too. <gasps> See, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Chicago is such a great place. I feel like it is a great place. That's gone. where a lot of good music came out of for the pop punk scene. Question three. You're one for two. What are fans of Slipknot known as? Maggots. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Josh really takes pride in saying that. He's he's my new metal uh, bestie, pretty much. We both just love <laughs> when Aww. we were really falling in love, we made out to Slipknot in the car, and I was like, this is it. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so epic. And romantic at the same time. It was really cool. And his grandma was inside. So it was everything my high school ass wanted at <laughs> 25 years old. So. <laughs> or 23, however old I was. Oh, I love that. So crazy. Well, good. There you go. See, two for three. See, you're getting boom. it. See, there was nothing to be scared about. Except I'm still sweating profusely. <laughs> Coming Question down from four. it. Allegedly. Why did Morrissey name the band The Smiths? If I remember the lore correctly, he wanted it to be something so unassuming and so boring because they wanted them to focus more on the music. It had nothing to do. It was just something to be like a a boring placeholder because there were nobodies. But that could just be me making something up. No, yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> the, the exact sentence that I found online is because it was the most ordinary name they could think of. And in the whole set of you as a fan probably know it more in depth as what you just said, which is that they wanted to focus on the music more than the name, which I discovering this, which I'm always discovering this stuff when I'm looking up the questions is I think so cool and I have so much respect for that. Yeah, they were they were trying to put out a message and they did it and then blew it up in four years. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. You're doing great though. You have Thanks. one more. So okay. far you're doing better than anybody else on the show. So oh. you could clear out with if you get this right, with only getting one question incorrect, which is a new record. Are you ready? I'm competitive. I'm feeling it. All right. This is a big one. I really saved the best for last year. Okay. What are the names of the singles that Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer released on the same day to announce the Hella Mega Tour? Oh my God. I really, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, I want to say Father of All was for Green Day. Um, Yes. I really hate that song too. Um, (laughs) It's that... I don't know the Weezer one and I I don't know the Fall Out Boy one because I no. literally no I don't the Weezer one was the end of the game okay and yeah yeah it is because you know I feel bad because MMR plays these so much damn go ahead and the Fall Out Boy was Dear Future Self Hands Up yeah, I don't even know that song. I was going to say, you probably don't because it's also, <laughs> no offense to the group, an extremely annoying song. It sounds like a bad song. Um, the, it sounds like the, a very bad song. The <laughs> ranking would definitely be in going for that is, I'll give, you get a third because you got Green Day, but the ranking of that, in my opinion, would be, I thought End of the Game was really good. And then Father of All and Dear Future Self, Hands Up, was just, is so bad. You know, I actually, looking back, I don't really hate Father of All because I hated it at first because I didn't like the vocals and I didn't like, again, how poppy it sounded, but it's a good song. It's a good song. So I take that back. It's catchy. I do not like End of the Game, though. End of the Game is very dumb. Yeah. Yeah, no, I fucking hate that song. See, now now you remember it, but then you'll hear, then you'll go and look up to your future self and you'll be like, okay, wait, maybe it's not as bad as this right here. Maybe it's not. It's literally Fall like, he's like <laughs> never <laughs> fails <laughs> to impress. <laughs> it's so oh, annoying. No. Oh my god! Yeah, dude. No. <laughs> and then they have a uh, uh, god who's featured on it. There's some, somebody who raps that's featured on it, and it's just no. like, yep. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. You know, yep. I I really knew they were gonna go in a weird direction when they had Jay Z on and and fitting on high in the opening and then they had Lil Wayne on in Whams on Folia Do and then they did this so yep I don't know what they're doing not to mention the whole (laughs) other album with the like the remix of uh, American Beauty American Psycho where it was just like like rap remix of their songs with them like accompanying it it's just it's just weird. Like they're not, it, it, you know who else bothered me by going to a rap thing? And this is a real big segue, Skrillex. Skrillex did this and they're doing it too. And I just don't like it. It's just like, you guys aren't good at it. They're not good at it. They don't, their music doesn't lend themselves to it. And I'm sorry if anybody doesn't feel that way, but pop punk. I won't, 
no, no Fall Out Boy's no- pop punk just does not go with rap. It just doesn't make sense. Agreed. And, and I'm all know, for integration. My my uh, my shift that I am confused about that I still don't think I'm a fan of at all. I've I've one that I'm not a fan of, and one that I'm surprisingly a fan of. The not fan is Machine Gun Kelly. I tried. I tried listening to that album and I was just like, what are you doing? Like pick a lane. He stresses and just me out just out. looking at him. <laughs> but you know who impressed me that I was really like, I'm like, wow, like this is, I did not expect this was, um, uh, God, what is it? Willa Smith's like punk yes. music that Willow she put out. Smith is probably the only privileged musician i will go ahead out of my way and listen to because what i've seen is she's put out some really really hardcore music and it's all real and raw and so that's definitely an artist that i would pick up on more so yeah absolutely well you got like one uh, you got like four and a third correct so i'll give that to you you still have the best Thanks. record here I'm, I'm the best record no matter what i'm the best even if i wasn't thank you <laughs> Now I will close out the episode with the same question I ask everybody, which is in the best way that you can, can you describe to me or tell me what music means to you? Music to me is it's it's just like it's not a part of every day, but it's we take it for granted like it's part of every day. Like it's it's breathing, it's it's a part of everything. The wind has its own music, like everything in the world has its own music. So it's just a part of being. And for me, I feel like just music without it, like there's really nothing else to give in this world without it. I mean, yeah, movies, books, things like that. But music takes you to a different place that can just take your whole body, just make you feel like something completely different. If you want to tune out to our guests' favorite music, check out the Curate playlist for each episode. Click the link in each episode's description or check out our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast.